Welcome to Fit Fat Chat. That's fat with a PH, a real talk community podcast about body positivity, movement, mindfulness, and joy. Hosted by Ayana Parent of Be Free Coaching and Wellness and me, Christy Ray of Zumba with Christy L. Ray. Hey, episode five, bitches. <laughs> episode five. Welcome. I'm so excited. Five, number five. We've done five podcasts. Wow, that is crazy. Remember when we thought we weren't even going to do a podcast? No, I never remember that. Oh. <laughs> do you well, remember? Me- <laughs> well, I remember yeah. when it was just a joke and That's a what dream. I mean. Yes. Yeah, it was just a pipe yeah. dream. And here we are in the yes. flesh and voice. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about a couple things. One is. Michael Hayes, Michael Hayes, guest, which is wonderful. He's an African-American male that does larger bodied yoga in New York City. And I think he's the only one that actually does that in New York City that um, has a yoga studio specifically for that mission. It's called Buddha Body. Buddha Body Buddha, yoga. Buddha, Buddha Body. Yep. What, what, what? Buddha Body. Buddha Body Yoga. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. But I think we have a few stories we want to share with you before we get into that. Yeah, so not so much a story, but just thinking about, we have a general sense of what we're doing here. (laughs) We're just like, let's do a podcast. And then it kind of evolved into this body positivity podcast, which is amazing. All relating to movement, mindfulness, joy, all that wonderful stuff that we love. One thing we've never talked about is our own backgrounds. I think it's interesting. I'm just going to, has no idea what's going on on this topic. If you can see my face, I'm yeah, like, like, okay, oh, where's she going I'm with down. this? I'm down, I had a totally different thing I was going to talk about, but now <laughs> I was thinking about, we both have a background in social work mm. combined with fitness. So I think that is a unique niche. I, I love it. Yeah, we're fitness instructors. Yeah, we're social, but we combine the both whenever we're doing whatever we're doing, which is kind of, that's why we talk about a broad range of topics. My background is in sociology. I'm always fascinated by the external factors. I've taken some psychology courses too. I am always interested in that as well. The psychosocial stuff going on. I always like to look at the bigger picture. So in terms of even this body positivity and stuff, I have realized it's more complex than you would think. Mm-hmm. So for example, and uh, <laughs> this meme Uh, which I thought was hilarious. It's actually a rhinoceros, but (laughs) someone has recreated the rhinoceros in their imagination to say it's just a large body unicorn. And then the meme said, real unicorns have curves. Like, to me, that's just hilarious. Like, that's just like, <laughs> wow, that's so funny. It's, Plus, very, it's very fit fat. It's very fit it fat. Was, it just felt immediately fit fat. So I posted it. And then I realized, first of all, we like to see all the viewpoints. We definitely want to hear from people, yes. of course. And we love discussions. Like, if there is a mission of Fit Fat Chat, I hope it's to present things that people haven't thought about before, Mm -hmm. to explore things that people haven't thought about before, to shine a light on people doing things about things that may in the past have held them back. And to challenge, I think, the mainstream culture a little bit around things that are, you know, assumed. Yes, And that doesn't mean we're trying to exclude anyone else, but that may happen unintentionally. 
for example, my good friend Joyce pointed out that <laughs> we're not insulting thin people because we're saying real unicorns have curves, but that I could see how that could be interpreted that way. But the, <laughs> I'm like, she's going to call Joyce right the fuck out there. I, I will. Because I love Joyce. I love Joyce. And, but she, and she and I have helped each other grow because yeah. she's an argumentary. It's funny. But I, yeah, she's brought up things that she thought she couldn't post because it might not be popular and she would feel like she's going to get a backlash on. And I said, I encourage her to, to do it anyway, because oh, you yeah. may, but like, I, I just think there's a space for everyone to speak their truth. Coming from my own perspective, I'm just going to keep putting it out there that people with larger bodies have had some systematic, real um, systematic, real systematic um, things to deal with that you just naturally don't as a thin person. You have your own struggles. Absolutely. There are struggles, not saying there's not, but they're different. <laughs> yeah. And then I made the joke of like, it's almost like, you know, when white people complain about like, why is there a black history month? And I'm like, because you're going to be fucking another day in the goddamn, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. I'm just, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I think most people that are listening have a pretty open mind. So the intentions is never to exclude. It's only to broaden people's horizons and definitely disagree if you want. I'm, I'm actually interested to hear the criticisms, but it doesn't really deter me from my mission, which is to continue to, to do that. And, if, totally. and to, to find humor, like to me... To post that meme was therapeutic because it's freaking funny. It's it not. Is. It's talking about <laughs> unicorns, which aren't. And you love unicorns. I That's love why unicorns. I thought it was. Of so course, awesome. it's very personal because right. it's like, oh my god, somebody. Looked, I'm like, oh, she found her unicorn. Somebody, <laughs> so, some, something represents me, actually. Yeah, oh, I loved it, and that's yeah. good. And uh, but I just think um, on almost any issue that can be the case, people can take issue with that and feel excluded but more like what we're trying to do is present a lot of different sides of of things yeah so and we did a facebook live the other day just hitting lightly <laughs> on some of the current issues happening in the culture today yeah and i'm not going to get deep into that because you know there's a lot there and it's a lot to break down but i it's think a rabbit hole man <laughs> But if you missed it, this also has come up for both of us on Facebook and different conversations with people just around how you talk about racism and right and left and all these politics of people choosing sides. And, you know, I'm going to say Trump, people believe that he is the awful evil and he's the reason like we're in this situation. And, you know, we get all all viewpoints. Yeah. However, I think what we really need to say clearly to all of you listening is that the conversation is what is important, right? And so listening and being able to listen is really, really crucial at this time. And we also tossed out there that you can't really do that without taking care of yourself, which is sort of why the Fit Fat Chat exists, allowing you to be comfortable and giving you ideas and thoughts and tools to be able to be okay with who you are in this present moment. Given the culture that we are in, um, there's a ton of violence that's super scary. You know, and we could sort of blame it on this one individual. You know, it certainly contributes to where we are. However, 
it's not the only reason, right? And I've talked about this a million times. You will yeah. post on Facebook all this stuff, like super liberal people and radical people, which I do align with, you know, saying like, we're better than this. We're so better than this. And I'm like, yeah, are we? <laughs> are we better than this? Like when, like, when were we better than, like, I don't, yeah, we might not be. So if that is the case, you know, more the reason to speak your truth and to fight against what it is that you feel needs to be fought against or however you want to break that down. Yeah. But racism has been around for a really, really long time. So has sexual harassment. So has rape of slaves. So let's just be clear about what we're talking about. And then if we could extend love to everyone, right? So there's a lot of talk in the yogi world of holding space for people. And to me, that means you hold space for, for everybody and anybody, right? So that would mean if Trump was in my yoga class, I would hold space for him. I know, freaking out. What? Everyone's freaking out right Whoa. now? Whoa. <laughs> I'm freaking out a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if he was in my Zumba class, how I would take that. Uh, well, hmm. I would, well, that would I be would a good... Some, hmm. I would want to watch that. <laughs> that would be interesting. My first thought about that is his hair, would it stay on? Oh, my God. It would be flipping around. <laughs> I would definitely have to be facing the mirrors for that one. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> But meaning, wow, I just went there. I did because listen, you gotta love everybody. Like, you can't pick and choose. Like, you just can't. If you're gonna hold space for people, you have to hold space for everybody, everyone, every. I can't even say that more clearly. I mean, there's no, there's no room for hate. Of anybody. I, I guess. And you can disagree. Let's disagree may, out loud. What, I don't necessarily disagree. I just want to add, listening back to episode three, Ian Elmore Moore, when we talk she about love, Ian. I do love Ian. <laughs> My God. He was sharing some noble truths, Yeah, man. he really was. I mean, I know these things, but he really just integrated them really well. But it's because we are love. It's not because we need yeah, to love everyone else. It's totally because. True. Because we can let external things change us. You should see the hand motions I'm using right now. I am very passionate about this. They are flying all over the place. But the point is that things can change the way we are or we can go inward and be the love. And it sounds ooby doobie. I understand that. But unless you experience that self-love and that experience of being at peace so that you can then move forward with more intention. It's not about just, oh, love everything, love horrible things and forgive everyone. And it's not that simple. No. Although it is that simple. <laughs> and like, I did kind of just say that. I did kind of just say that. You no. did. Yeah, but you did. But I know it's a, it's a deeper thing. Yeah. It's a really deep thing. And it involves a lot of self-work and self-reflection in the smallest conflict. And it's no different in the larger conflict, in the larger right. world. Exactly. And it's about taking care of ourselves. I don't feel like, in general, we're all that good at taking care of ourselves. Not at all. Especially this poor culture, through, man. Through, it's just gotten worse and worse. And then through social media, I also feel like it's a lot of people talking, but not a lot of people listening because you have a voice. And that's great. Maybe people are just needing to get their voice out and whatever and practice. And in our way, our voice is we're choosing to do this through a podcast so that we have a captive audience and you can't say anything <laughs> back to <I> us. <laughs> so 
we're can gonna say, we're gonna use this. We can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> but we appreciate all the listeners. Yeah. And I think everything's a sound bite, you know, it's kind of refreshing to have a podcast where we can get into things a little bit deeper. My God, when I listen to like a TED talk or something, I'm like, wow, this is an actual complete thought that is taken to the next level. Whereas I can just go on social media and you can read one thing and be like, yeah, I agree with that. Oh yeah, I agree with that. But it doesn't get in depth very often. So I'm missing that in the world. Yeah. Um, Here's the other thing that comes up around the self-love stuff. So in order to actually listen and hear, so listening is one thing, but taking another step is like really hearing. But in order to do that, you can't take things personally. So that is what's happening, which is mm. really, really hard. I've done a lot of work around being able to hear other opinions and sides without having an emotional reaction so that I can actually hear. I still have reactions and think about it, but I put that sort of aside and I work it out with myself later because that all has attachment to myself personally. So yeah. like if I have trauma in my background, if I have been harmed by someone in a racist situation, if blessing has been harmed in a racist situation, right? That's all emotionally attached to me hearing somebody have an opinion about, I don't know, just say Trump or something that's like right wing or whatever. But in order to hear that perspective, I have to create space within my mind and my body, be able to not push away, not disregard, but value my feelings and then separate which is that and then which is how am I still able to hear that so it's if we can work on that a little bit but again it's all about the personal ability to be able that's a lot of work it took me a long time mm -hmm. to not be able to like lash out at somebody and be like you racist motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> right my kid's dark black and beautiful what the fuck yes <laughs> And, and Which it, wasn't maybe their intent like at all. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like because I attached a lot of stuff. I'm not excusing racism by any way, shape or form. No. I'm just saying that everything is has an emotional attachment and we cannot take it personally in order to have a conversation that may shift and change things to a greater good. Yeah. And I also hear the perspective that if you're in one of those oppressed categories, it shouldn't be your job to educate other people. No. I totally, totally hear that and agree with it. But at the same time, like I have learned so much from people who have been able to express how mm -hmm. things make them feel or be able to express that. Like, again, I'm going to go back to Ian. Ian, like, <laughs> talked about, he kind of turns it around and he goes extra is what he said. And I, I admire that. I I don't think he should have to. I think that's sad that he has to do that sometimes. But at the same time, like what a benefit to other people that is. And it, it doesn't come from a place of insecurity. It actually comes from a place of strength. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You can kind of spiral on this stuff and get nowhere. But I'm just looking for ways to think about how can people have discussions and make progress because I feel like also part of the bigger picture is to keep us divided and to keep us. Yeah. We're um, kind of feeding right into uh, the fire here. <laughs> yeah. And when you step back and think about that, that really gives me pause. That's really like, whoa, I also don't want to fall into that category. So I'm not saying I have the answers, but I'm saying I want to ask more questions and I want you guys yeah, to ask more questions. Yeah. And we want to get real curious and we want you to get curious. Yeah. Cool. So... What can we tell people about Michael Hayes from Buddha Body that we haven't already told him? I mean, he's going to talk about his story, too, for sure. It's pretty interesting. 
Yeah. I think he just has a lot of ways of looking at the body, particularly related to yoga, that are different. And he created a lot of this just coming out of classes where he went where um, people weren't able to deal with his large body. And he just created his own path in order to do that. How did it first catch your attention anyway? How did you even hear about him? He popped up on some social media thing again. Mm -hmm. um, And... He caught my eye because he was an African-American male that was doing larger bodied stuff, which is very far and few between. Um, yeah. So I, I just looked him right up and I was like, oh, my God. I first thought about him for the retreat, like come do some larger bodied stuff at the retreat. And then I was like, "Ooh, let's have him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm always fascinated by people doing larger bodied stuff with yoga because... It's a lot of marketing and a lot of misconception that yoga is just for, again, let's just put out skinny white women, which it's not. Mm -hmm. um, but that's who you see when you go into these spaces. And it's hard, I think, for larger bodied people or people of color to go into spaces that the majority of the people look like that in those classes and particularly the teachers. You know, it took me a long time to think that I was a yogi type person. <laughs> I'm also someone that doesn't follow directions very well, so <laughs> um, there's a lot of directions in yoga, and um, I don't really necessarily like to do what everyone's doing, um, <laughs> and I don't know that that was uh, always looked, you know, <laughs> at as a good thing. Right. Um, when you think like that, in general, if you come outside the box, um, certain yoga is very structured, alignment, definitely following directions, definitely doing things a certain way. Um, and you can perceive that as right or wrong, but if you're in a larger body, you're not able to do what's happening in a class, then it feels hard and it feels like that's not the class for you. Um, so when yeah. I saw his stuff, I was like, oh, someone that's doing it a little different. Yeah. And I think in contrast to, maybe I'm just going to mention Ian again. Oh <laughs> well, what Ian was talking about, <laughs> the importance of the, the mind-body, I'm sure... Michael agrees with that as well. But Michael is actually working on alignment, which I appreciated because yes, when is. you're doing yoga, you're working on the alignment, but you're not working on impossible alignment that's never going to happen because your body's already right. out of alignment. Totally. He's talking about modifying it so that you can actually get the benefit of the stretching because honestly, the physical part of yoga, the stretching, the release, the breathing is really good for stress relief and for self-care as well. So we see yogis trying to correct things. I think even for yogis, it's like, how do I approach this situation to help someone? You don't always know, but it's kind of like anything else. Consent. I love some classes where I go where they ask, is it okay? That's important. Oh, yeah. I mean, part of the reason I didn't like going to classes, I'm like, I don't want somebody touching, touching me. me. Like, oh, um, but then again, it. if it's somebody who's actually helping me and I have if and I give consent, then I actually have benefited from that. So it's interesting. Um concept in its in itself so yeah and the props like he uses a lot of different props which actually help the body get into the spaces it needs to for yoga to help yeah. the alignment especially because the spine is such a delicate thing so if you have a larger body you you can't just use a standard way of describing how to get into that pose it's going to be different so yeah. you have to understand there are different ways to do that and help support the body in a way where you can actually access a pose, like you were saying. Yeah. But he does that in a very really incredible way. Yeah. He does some Facebook lives where he actually demonstrates too, which I think some people are visual learners. For me, I'd like to see somebody else do it and then, okay, now I can try to do what you're doing now that I see what's happening. 
So it's just different experiential ways to bring yoga to more people. When I was growing up, it felt like something some elite people did somewhere on a mountaintop in the, in, as the sun the rose. Exactly. And it's like, I didn't even really understand the depth of the philosophy. Well, people who are naturally thin can do poses and look cool. So, okay, that's not really me. <laughs> I didn't see myself in that. But now I'm like, oh man, I love yoga. It's really awesome. It is um, awesome. So we hope you enjoy this interview with Michael Hayes from Buddha Body Yoga. Yeah. We are live with Michael. Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes. Buddha Body Yoga, where large people find their center. Large people find their center. Nice. Okay, I love it. That's like your tagline. That's like your mission, yeah? Yeah, it's my obsession. Oh, that's a good obsession. Yeah. All right, cool. So why don't you start by just letting us know how you started on this journey? How did you develop it? What made you want to do Buddha Body Yoga? Well, how I started into Buddha Body Yoga, it's I sort of fell into it. Uh, I walked into it backwards, falling downstairs into my life. <laughs> oh, I was like, literally? Or figure like, what are we talking about here, Michael? You fell downstairs? Figuratively. figuratively. Okay, okay. <laughs> I didn't know much. I didn't know much about yoga. Okay. And so I'm a massage therapist. I've been doing massage for over 20-something years. And I was in school to study massage therapy. And I thought all yoga was one type of yoga, which is integral yoga. You do a pose, you lay down. It's very relaxful. But I didn't know much about yoga. Okay. And so... Uh, a friend of mine said, well, I'm going to go to yoga class before going to class this morning. I said, okay. So she talked me to go to a school called Jivamuti. Jivamuti was a really hard school that I had no idea existed. And so I went there and the chanting and the whole bit, and they went to do these sun citations, which freaked me out because it was the hardest sun citation <laughs> that I've ever done before. So the sun citation was intense. And afterwards, they all went to the handstand in the middle of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's pretty advanced. And, and I said to myself, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I love it. Exactly. And Hashtag exactly. Yeah, now, now, you gotta say, I was a martial artist. I've done dance. I've done all these things. But this kicked my ass. And I said to myself, when I finish school, I'm going to come back here and study. And so I um, finished my year of massage school. And I came back. I didn't have any money. So I wanted to exchange massage for doing classes. And the manager there said, no, don't do that. And she said, but you can't do something called karma yoga. Now, karma yoga is basically you clean up and you can get all the classes you want. Oh, karma. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. And she said to me, well, how many times have you been here? And I said, oh, just once, a year, around a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, we can't do that. You really aren't part of the community. But then she got locked out of one of the rooms. And she said... <laughs> He opened this door, and I said, do you have a butter knife? A butter so knife. She got a butter knife. A butter knife. And so with a butter knife, I was able to open up the door. Oh. And, and she said, I guess you're karma yoga. And that's how it started. With a butter knife? Yes, a butter knife that opens up the door. I was told no. She got locked out, and then I was able to open the door. We started to study yoga. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. It's very symbolic. It really is. I love that story. Yeah. Because I was still a big guy then. Yeah. I wanted to understand what the teachers were thinking about these positions. Because, you know, the line usually here is, just keep trying. You'll get there. Just keep trying. Oh, we hear that and all I the time. To yeah. With, with people of size who are doing yoga, 
They go to the class and there's no idea how to help them. And so they say, keep on trying, keep on trying. They have no sense of the anatomy for people's side. Right. Or how to really help them, support them with the leverage and whatnot. So after a couple of years of this, I wanted to really understand what the teachers were thinking. So I wanted to do teacher training. And so I was thinking of doing teacher training at Chivamuti, but it was way too expensive for me. And I talked to the owner, David Life, and he said he started with Shivananda. So I saved up my money. And imagine a big black guy with hair. <laughs> I had, I had we hair know. Back then. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Paradise Island in the Bahamas in February for a month to study Shivananda yoga. And that started the whole process. And I loved the philosophy. But because I was studied in Jivmuti style, I hated the alignment. Uh, I didn't like the alignment in Jivmuti that much, but I hated the alignment. So I came back with all this information about the philosophy and was not happy. Mm. So I basically studied on my own for a year. And then I started working privately with Alice of the West. She owns the yoga center called Yoga Union. Okay. And then she did her teacher training. And I decided to take her training. And I liked her ideas and her principles. Yep. And it really helped me to figure out stuff. And then I started studying with more people. I wasn't really teaching. I wasn't teaching at all. I just wanted to understand, get a deeper approach to the physicality of yoga for people of size. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I started to do small group private sessions at another floor above me. And then I was reading up in the New York Times. They interviewed me. And I found it was out of one out of three people who were doing plus size yoga. Yeah. It blew up. It absolutely blew up. Yeah. Question for you. So as you've come to understand yoga, doing it with people of size, are you saying you mostly had to learn that on your own? Or did some of these trainings teach you that? Conventional yoga at that time was not teaching that. Okay. Yeah. They did not know how to work with people's size. Take, take that back a little bit. The Iyengar people were the closest people that I knew that were able to work with people's size. Yeah. Because they were working the alignment very, right. very yeah. strictly. That makes sense. But even that had its limitations. Yeah. But there was nobody out there that was really exploring how your size, your girth, your weight is playing upon your yoga that I had met. Mm -hmm. And just to give you a reference, I am a person of size. So I'm super fascinated by this because I've run into a lot of the same things that you're talking about. I wanted to achieve a certain stretch, but it wasn't working. <laughs> so yeah, even in the math, if you're a big person and you see the math, yes. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're not really, yeah, you can't I, spray yourself oh, out on the math. Good point. <laughs> I'm six feet tall. I'm off the mats all the time. <laughs> I don't Wait, even have who, that. Are there people that sell larger bodied mats? <laughs> is that a thing? Michael, is that a do. thing? Now there are, yes. Okay, oh, cool. They've okay. made the mats wider and bigger now. Yeah. Oh, my God. And thicker. Yes. Okay, good. So mm -hmm. now I need to purchase those for my studio. If you go to my website, it oh. shows you all the props that I use. Oh, okay, cool. You don't have to buy it at the website, but it gives you an idea, a reference point. Yeah. Definitely. So can you tell us how you support the larger body? Because you have really specific ways that you do it that is different than other people. Well, first of all, I give them the understanding of why they're having a hard time. Which is helpful. It's yeah. a relief. Once you figure out why you have a hard time doing it, then you can change it and modify it. It's like, you know, you can teach somebody fish, 
But if you give them a fishing rod, then they can really fish for themselves. Exactly. Yes. Wait, hold on. I got to stop you right there because Christy had this great example earlier of how you teach somebody how to stretch a muscle if their mind's not connected to the actual muscle. So that was so cool when you were just talking about the fishing rod because we were just trying to figure out, because I'm a yoga teacher, how to get people's minds to connect to those muscles. If people don't have the awareness of a certain space in their body, how are they going to then change it, shift it, open it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And because we are such people of habit, yeah. our moving and the muscle groups that we use and the breath that we use constantly is being engaged in a way that it's sort of automatic rather than exploratory. Mm, yes. True. Yeah. I it's mean, not on a conscious level. Yeah. So to bring consciousness to that is really a whole new universe. Yeah. 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 It's a high level of teaching that I think yeah. we are not taught. I'm 200 hour. I'm not 300 hour yet, but I don't, I don't know that that's uh, necessarily taught. I know exactly. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I just told my husband that today. I'm like, I don't think it I'm does. doing 300. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean that you don't expand your learning, obviously. <laughs> it's my struggle, struggle pet peeve. It's like, you know, yeah. I'm dyslexic. I have to find other ways of figuring out how to do things. Yeah. If I constantly follow the way that people are trying to get me to do things, I feel stupid, inadequate, oh and I don't get it done. Yes. Yes. When they think about yoga as far as 200 hours and working the same mythology, to people who might be thinking a lot differently, after 200 hours, you have to work an hour getting your own voice. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, huge. Between jazz and classical music. Classical music, you have to follow it fully, step by step. But you tell the classical musician, all right, now I want you to do a little jazz, play off of the key. Be more, a little bit more flexible with your musical skills. Wow. They have a hard time doing it because their mental scapes are taught to work only one way. You see the work and work it exactly that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great yeah. analogy. I'm a Zumba instructor as well. And if I ever tell people to do freestyle dance... <laughs> Even for uh -huh. myself, that's a whole different part of the brain. People can yeah. follow something, but then to innovate. On the other hand, I'm the complete opposite. I cannot follow <laughs> choreography. I, I can create it, but I'm not. I'm not down with following rules. So just translate yeah. to dance. I just if you tell me to freestyle, I'm like, yes, I'm like down. I'll do that all day long. But to follow a choreography and have to do it every single time is not. That's not comfortable for me. Yeah, <laughs> I like Christie's class. I like Zumba, but. I know, but we all did it when we went to school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we all we had to do it. College, we had to do it. And when we got out of it, we wanted to throw away as much as we can. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Very, yeah. yeah. It's more important how to learn than what to learn, really. Yeah. And how you learn. How you learn. The best way to work that. Yeah. So. Right. The more I practice, the more I learn. My self-practice helps me to learn and to be able to see more. Yeah, I bet. And massage helped me to really understand anatomy a lot better. And so doing the massage, doing the yoga, was a very nice interplay between feeling the muscles and moving them around, and then now having the muscles and moving them around from the inside to the outside. Have you incorporated or come across the fascia theories and what they're studying now about that in terms of your massage therapy background and yoga? I have. Now, this is interesting because fascia actually is almost everything. Right. Right? The skin, the muscles, the bones, all of them has a fascia. So it's, it's like, in my opinion, all sense of body work it has a different way of thinking to change your way of how to work. Example, 
I'm going to use yoga as a sense of body work, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Swedish massage. You're pushing blood to the heart. You're relaxing mm-hmm. the muscles. You're relaxing the endocrine system. You're relaxing. You're lowering the blood pressure. All of that's one of the focuses of that thing. So, if you're doing a Swedish massage, your attention is doing that kind of thinking and that kind of working. Got it. Right? Yep. If you're doing medical massage, you're thinking about the attachments in the origin and insertion of the muscles and what's going on in the person's body in that language or in the shiatsu sense, you're looking about the five elements of how regulating the blood and how the heart's moving and, and, the, and what they're saying. Or if you're thinking Reiki or, um, or Traeger, you're thinking of the rocking of moving the energy so to a still point so you can actually feel the things move. If you're thinking of yoga as a body sensorial experience, you're thinking of working the breath and having them move within the breath to find their equilibrium and to try to open themselves up to be able to move in the positions to help them understand, learn, and change how they think and move in the experience of yoga. I love that. Right. So coming back to your fascia thing, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on what type of modality you're working with, you're thinking of fascia in your attention of how you're working the body. Think of like quantum physics. If you put your attention into something, it changes everything. Yeah, very true. So if you put your attention into the kind of work you're doing and what the person needs, you can change, you can actually work the fascia that way. Ralphers have coined the phrase of fascia and they call them the, the trails. Uh, I think it's the eight trails or ten trails, where they follow that pathway in through what they call the fascia movements to opening up the body and changing it. Mm-hmm. Lymphatic drainage people do almost the exact same thing, but in a lymphatic way of thinking. It's slower, it's subtler. Yeah. You know? And the um, craniosacral people are doing the exact same thing, but in the holding patterns, their intention in their hands and feeling what's going on through the heart, the sutures of the head open a little bit, and giving space in their holding to let the body unwind. And fascia is a great unwinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chrissy, is that your experience? Yeah. I have found, well, when I tried to do yoga, I couldn't achieve a lot of the stretches because I was trying to stre- <laughs> get to the muscle my experience of my fascia is that that's what I needed to actually address first so that I could then get into the stretches of the different muscles. But once I addressed fascia through fascial release, then I had a much better experience with yoga. And I don't know if that's for all larger bodies. That's just my experience. Um, But I'm wondering if there might be a connection there. What type of yoga were you doing? I really don't know. I was going to my local <laughs> yoga class <laughs> for senior citizens uh, for it? one of them. Oh, I went to it? like a community yoga class and just did probably what you would call like, I don't know, a flow class. a gentle flow. Gentle yeah. flow. And now I've experimented a little bit more and restorative really helps me a lot. And ying, is it called ying? Ying yang. Ying yang. Ying yang yoga. Ying yoga. Ying yoga. Because it goes along with allowing that fascia to lengthen so that I can get to. That's probably super good for you. I can't stand it, but you would love it. Yeah, (laughs) holding poses for long periods of time, I find more effective for me. And I feel like when you go to a yoga class, your teacher has no way to know necessarily. Everybody learns differently. Everybody stretches differently. Everybody's body experience of pain and, and stiffness and all of that is different. And it's like, 
that could be challenging in a, in a large group to actually get to everybody unless you specialize in that. So I'm not sure if I agree with that fully. I think okay. that, um, I mean, <laughs> I, what pops in my mind this time. <laughs> That's really, all right. That's <laughs> all right. And we welcome all perspectives, point. Michael. So please share. Don't yeah. be afraid to disagree with us. We love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went to integral yoga and basically did a two-hour yin class, my first yin class. And I loved it because it gave you so much space to really just allow yourself to open. Mm-hmm. If I, they hold the positions for a long time, they make it comfortable, you, and you can play with it, whatever you need to do. So I like that. Mm-hmm. And because I know my body pretty well, I can play around with stuff. That, so that was the first thing that went in my, first thought that went in my head. Mm-hmm. And the second thought was, when I used to go to a lot of yoga classes, and I'd go in the back of the class and I'd bring my blocks, my straps, all the stuff I need to. I even opened up two yoga mats that overlaid each other so I had enough space. <laughs> when I first yep. walked into the class, you could see the look on the teacher's faces. Like, I have no idea how to work with this. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. I have, you can tell. It's like, yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Right? We've been there. This, this sharp smile. And then I go in the corner, have all my stuff there, and, and they're like, you know. <laughs> they're like, Are you okay? Is, there, right. like, is everything all right so over there? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then they see me work. And because you know what's happening in the class, most classes you do the sun sensations, standing poses, floor poses, inversions, your handstands. You know where they're going. Right. Right? So you can play with it. And so I'm in the back with my stuff all set up. Some citations with the blocks under my hands, warrior one, warrior two, all the stuff I need to do. And afterwards, I could see the teacher looking at me saying, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, and, and so afterwards, they talked to me and said, yes, I'm a yoga teacher. And did all the stuff they really appreciated my practice. And at certain points when I go to classes, the teacher will look at the person who's struggling a couple of ways away from me and say, look at what the guy's doing over there. Follow him. <laughs> Nice. Right. Yeah. I've had I've had experiences where I feel like after I've been to a class for like a going to class regularly, then I see the teacher saying, "All right, everybody, take out two blocks, the straps, the whole bit." I feel like I'm teaching the class from the back of the room. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. I like that because the teacher's thinking now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the people who could do it without a problem is going to not use the blocks. They should because they'll find more information out. Yeah, they'll but, find more length for sure. Yeah, and they'll find out where they're really working from. Yeah. The people who are hyper-flexible are the ones who should be using the blocks more because the joints don't know where they need to be. And a lot of times they're experiencing that euphoria of being in the position, but the joints are being overdone. Right. It's a, yeah, it's actually super unsafe. They're long-term injuring yep. themselves. Yeah. yeah, and most people don't know that as teachers. Look at you, Michael. I love it. No, I, that's really <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Michael. Let me give you a little background. So... Okay. We call Christy Big Red. <laughs> and so we have like characters. Big Red, yes, Big Red, on our podcast. Red. And I am the Black Addict. So we have developed You're these the characters. Yes, I'm the Black Addict. So I'm a person <coughs> recovery. I'm an alcoholic. Well, you know, I don't drink anymore. Uh-huh. So we've embraced certain parts of ourselves to live it out loud now and just celebrate it. I know that in yoga, for me anyway, being a person of color, there's not many. You know, when you see on TV, it's like these white skinny women with these cute clothes that cost like thousands of dollars. <laughs> so on a, on a mountain doing a pose that doing no one can handstands <laughs> that you shouldn't do and right. I don't even know what these crazy poses are. Um, so how do you feel just as a black man in a larger body teaching yoga? Well, as I got through the process of becoming a yoga teacher, 
falling backwards down the stairs to become a teacher <laughs> in a sense. Yep. Because I could have easily just said, all right, fuck this, I'm just going to be a massage therapist and make money doing that. Mm. But there was a part of me, and there is still a part of me, that is so curious of and wanting to have large people in a class and kick ass. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always wish to have, when I had my classes really moving, to have them all go into a regular yoga class and all do a handstand in the middle of the room. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like in your face. <laughs> ha, in your face. It's, we can do this too. It's exactly. really interesting how motivating proving people wrong can be. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 My motivation was definitely competition to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Because I refuse to let anything like that kick my ass. But you, yeah. to your question, I feel like I have to be self-motivated and self-employed to mm. do what I'm doing. Yeah. Because back in the day, there was nobody who's going to hire me to teach yoga. Let me rephrase that. Don't let me teach early in the morning or in the afternoon when nobody's there. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Do you run yeah. up against so that? Like, like, do you feel like you're getting discriminated against for being larger oh, bodied yeah. or a person of color? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's covertly said. Not oh, yeah. totally. Isn't that fascinating? Ugh. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a story. Yeah. Yoga works. Now, I finished this training in California for the Great Yoga Wall, which I'm obsessed with. If you ever get a chance to go to California and work with a guy named Brian Lariers, he does a great yoga wall thing. And they have these yoga walls, very unusual and different yoga walls from the old version of yoga walls. And so I did that training and I was like, oh, thank I had to buy a yoga wall and I've been practicing with it almost every day. It lengthens you out the whole bit. Yoga, I so I, just to clarify, you're saying yoga walls? Great yoga wall. Got it. Okay. Yes. So describe so for our listeners I, what, what's actually on the wall, because I don't think our general population might not know. We had to Google it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Basically, it's a plywood that's four feet by eight feet tall. And they put these apparatuses on it, and they're like little openings that's secured onto the plywood that's secured on the wall. And they're like six openings from the floor to the ceiling to the top of plywood. And it's three uh, hooks across. And they have these belts, not ropes, but these belts. You can put in each one of these things, depending on what you're trying to do. So say you're trying to do a forward bend, right? Yeah. You put your shield against the wall, and you strap yourself with your butt against the wall, and you use a chair, and you uh-huh. elongate the chair, like you do the downstairs stop to let the back release and lengthen, and lengthen, and lengthen, and lengthen. So it goes lower, 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 lower. So in doing that, you begin to realize, one, that the reason people's sides having a hard time doing the forward bed has nothing to do with the hamstring, but has more to do with the back and the butt to release that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in lengthening that, you're able to get yourself into more of a forward bend. Mm-hmm. They also have bars that you can actually use to also make yourself into an L to allow yourself to elongate the back. Yeah. So these straps and this bar and stuff helps you give your body traction enough to release enough. So when you start working without it, you have the elongation. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. I think I'm going to get a bar in my studio. Yes, please do. (laughs) I think I'm going to do it. I'll be over there (laughs) using it. I was just talking about how forward bend is probably the the most difficult pose for me. I just don't even get it. So this is interesting ideas. Example, for, for you to do a lower bend, right? What's the purpose of a lower bend for people who are slender? It's for, for the hamstrings and the legs, right? Yeah. But for people of size with a belly, 
It's not. It's from the sit bones all the way up the back. So yeah. you bend the knees, but the belly rests on the thighs. You put your hands on the chair, and you allow the back to open more and more. And the mm-hmm. more you bend, the more you let the lower back open. And then as you straighten it, you'll find that your back will lengthen out, so you'll be able to stretch out into the fourth bend. Interesting. Yeah. Also, okay. bring your legs close enough. It's a lot of times for people of size. There are some people who are doing, but they have their feet farther away to do the fourth bend. And you'll get there to a fourth bend, but you're missing out on, on the opportunity. When the knees are together, the feet are together, it's hard for you to breathe in a fourth bend. Mm. If you put your head down, you won't be able to breathe so well because your air is not going into your belly anymore. It's going to your diaphragm and into your upper quadrant of your back. The more you do that, the whole rib cage opens up. And once that opens up, then you can release the whole back. You can go lower. You have got to keep your head up because you need to breathe. But if you bring your head down, you'll find it harder to breathe. So it whole becomes a whole back-opening experience as far as four bends. Mm-hmm. But then you've got to do the reverse of that because now the front of the hips have gotten so tight that now the back and butt's going to fight it because your holding patterns are changing. So you've got to constantly do the opposition from four bend to something to open up the back to allow yourself to really have the free movement in the pelvic and butt and hip area. Right. Mm-hmm. So people decide... Depending on boobs and depending on um, belly, your weight's going to drop forwards and your butt's going to fight to bring you up. Right. As well as you're walking from side to side, rather than walking forward when you're normally walking, outside of your feet. And so the inside of the thighs aren't working. And you've got to get them to work because those intercostal muscles, as well as the pubic muscles and around that area, has to fire so you can walk smoothly onto your feet rather than the outside of the feet. This is my obsession. No, I love it. Give a sense of my obsession. So with that in mind, forward bends, triangles, back bends, all the positions have to be done a little bit differently. Yeah. Because the more you do them differently, the more you really see. It's not about the hamstring. It's not about the legs. It's about the whole torso has to be opened up in a very different way. Yeah. And to teach people how to do that is the tricky part, to get them sincerely feel to how they can breathe to open up their bodies will change the routine. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like almost for everybody. Particularly, it's hard teaching people that, quote, think they know yoga well. Like trying to teach the form of triangle pose is a little tricky or even pyramid because there is a lot of alignment, a lot of opening that has to happen in order for the body to move in that way safely. And so it's, yeah, it's a little tricky for a yoga teacher (laughs) to to do that. And so then I took one of the yoga walk classes they use the bar like a dancing bar, like a ballet bar. Yes. They really didn't have a teacher to teach at that time. This was like maybe 10 years ago. They didn't have anybody to teach the yoga wall class. They really didn't. And so I was like screaming at the fact that I really wanted to teach there and I really wanted to have my classes there. So I contacted them. I did everything I possibly can besides beg them and like showed them the New York Times article, the whole bit. Never heard from them. Mm. But I felt like I was passively dissed in that reality. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. That's frustrating. Um, so what I did, <laughs> me, me, my massage studio, I had my own wall built there. Oh, and yeah. We saw I pictures into, of it. Yeah. And then I moved into another space, and I had three or four more walls built in there. And then I had a 1,000 square foot space, and I had maybe eight walls. The changes of my students just using the wall give them the traction yeah. they mm-hmm. needed to really open themselves up. You do the wall and you do it without it and you find the changes are tremendous. Mm-hmm. What else? Anything else you want to let us know about what's going on in your world? Anything you have coming up? We're going to wrap up in a little bit. Well, 
I'm teaching my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays on 11:33 Broadway. I'm doing a screaming class on Saturday mornings. I am uh, teaching at Integral Yoga on 14th Street on Monday mornings. I am going to be teaching a fundamentals class for yoga teachers to learn how to work with large people August 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at Integral Yoga. Wait, and that's in New York? I'm, I want to come. That's in New yeah. York? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a possibility that in November I will be teaching a course in Scotland. We're still working on that. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll go to that one. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah, very that's cool. cool. <laughs> it's, it'll, be my, it'll be my birthday month. You'll in, be how old? In uh, 60. Oh, my God. What? I know. We were we trying to figure out how old. I was 30, like, 40? I don't know. Late 40s, 50? I don't know. <laughs> I totally thought you were about 40 at the most. I confuse everybody with it. Yeah. It's that's good. It's all the yoga. Yeah. It's all the breath work. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's and good for I'm your doing skin. massage. I'm oh, a yeah. massage therapist. My office is at 1123 Broadway in Manhattan. And I work on everybody. Awesome. What's your website? For the massage, it's Michael Hayes LMT. For the Buddha Body Yoga, you know, Buddha Body Yoga, NYC.com. Okay. I'm the only yoga person that's only working with large bodies in New York City. Are you really? Yeah. Very cool. That's impressive. For our listeners, that live stream is something they can actually follow along with. Is that what you're saying? Okay. They can join the streaming classes. It's a series of classes that happens. Register at the beginning of the month, but it doesn't really matter so much. Okay. That class is happening on Saturdays from 10 to 11. Oh, I forgot. Sorry. My associate, Anita, mm-hmm. has also a Sunday class in Park Slope on Sunday mornings. You can look that up online also when you go to Buddha Body Yoga. Okay. okay. So we're, we're getting, you know, we're working. Yeah. yeah pretty good. So, Michael, we ask everybody this, all of our guests, even ourselves, before we end. But what is it that you most love about your body, your physical body? Well, I like most about my body. I guess we have belly. Yeah, I love it. Nice. I love it. And I I like my belly because it gives me a lot of information. (sighs) It lets me know when I'm happy, when I'm sad. It lets me know when I need something and when I don't. It actually makes me feel with my emotional state as well. Like when I find myself eating badly, I know I need something else besides what I'm eating. When I'm exhausted and I want to eat more. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm exhausted rather than not eating more. Mm-hmm. And it really helps me to figure out how I'm feeling. People try to avoid it all the time, but the belly is a great source of information if you can listen to it rather than the mind running away from it. Hmm. We focus on everything except the belly. True. That's very true. We're kind of alienated from yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that. I love flipping that uh, stuff all over the oh place. Oh my God. Michael, it it's been I, real. Yeah. Thank you so it's much. Been fun. Yes. If you guys are ever in New York City. Oh, well, I'm looking you up. I'm oh. going to try to get there in August if I can. I'll take a training. I love, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and get up to Cape Cod sometimes. Oh, if too. you're ever on the yeah. Cape, you have a place to stay. Oh, your lips to God's ears. So thank you so much. Anything else that you want to throw out there? How about a quote? Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote? Yeah. My quote is a poem I sort of wrote. What did the raisin say to the watermelon? You're fat. <laughs> What did the watermelon say to the raisin? No, I'm a watermelon. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. amazing. <laughs> no, I'm a watermelon. That's good. I, I think I got a new That's phrase. Like a, that's a mic drop by Michael right there. <laughs> Bam. Boom. Yeah, we love, love it. it. Exactly. Hashtag. <laughs> 
All right. Thank you so much, Michael Hayes from Buddha Body Yoga. We hope you enjoyed that interview and we will list contact information in the show notes. And um, now we have a little bit of a... What do you love about your body? What did oh, we call that before? Yeah. Body love. <laughs> I forgot. I we, we called this something uh, at some point. But anyway, I always go first. So you're going to go first this I'm gonna time. I'm going to go first. Okay, cool. Because I have one. I was Ooh, thinking good. about this the other day as I was running. Okay. We're going to run out of body parts. By the way, <laughs> I but. know we won't. I was thinking this too when I was running. Okay. So I ran the Falmouth Road Race, which is 7.2 miles. And I didn't train. Yeah. Like I didn't oh, run. Well, I, I mean, you can clap for me because no, I finished. It is, that is an I finished. That's I finished. Awesome. I mean, it was pretty cool. And I ran for Recovery Without Walls, which is an incredible program that supports women in recovery. So I had a mission to do it. So that's what kept me going. I'll tell you this, though. It's not smart to do that. <laughs> However, I mean, I move my body a lot. So I do a lot of cardio and I, you know, I teach a ton. So it's not like... I was super out of shape or something. However, running is like a different beast. Oh, yeah. So as I was running, I was saying all these kind of mantras to myself and how am I going to keep running? And I was watching all these people and I just became really thankful for my knees. Oh, right. The knees. The knees. Because so many people that run have knee issues and it's hard. Um, And running is really tough on the body, like which is... (laughs) I didn't train, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could just see how I was really, really aware of my hips and keeping my chest up so that my knees were actually in support of my body so that I wouldn't hurt them. But I was thankful that I, you know, as an older-ish person, have knees that are good, given the stuff that I've done. And I've trained for, like, marathons in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten injured, but um, I'm glad that my knees are still intact and allow me to move my body. Knees, head, shoulders, <laughs> knees, and toes. That's and right. That's right. Oh, wow. We always go to the same to the rack. level. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, by the way, I'm still thankful for my rack. Do I just say that every time? I'm just sort of like super so. thankful for I my really, rack. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to go lower body too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess as a Zumba instructor, my legs are pretty important. Yes. Uh, they're very long. You have um, very long legs. I, my mom also has really nice legs. So I got really good legs from my mom. Thank you, mom. Um, and everything I do for movement, I'm just really grateful for that. So for aesthetic reasons, yeah, a little bit, but also mostly just because dancing and doing Zumba is such a great stress release for me. It is a creative outlet when I get to create choreography. It's also obviously been great cardio, been great mood lifter, great community. It has brought so much good stuff into my life. So I'm so glad for that. So that is mine for today. Hey, but yeah, we're I'm so def- PG today. We're definitely going to body parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, the legs, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, I think some images, they're really nice. So. I mean, we still talked about your rack, so it's all good. Yeah, my rack. Yeah. 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 And listeners, listen, we love you. We really we do. We love you. We love, we love you. We love you. We want you to love yourself, yes, too. Yes, we do. Um, it's the only reason we're doing this. This is not something I love doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it because I want to give other people courage to do this for themselves. Yeah. And also, I do want to love myself because I think 
I've spent too much time in my life. My teenage years, I would have changed everything about myself. And honestly, I think that's probably true for a lot of people to a certain extent. But it's wonderful to appreciate versus what I don't like. Because what makes you unique that you may not have liked about yourself or that other people may have pointed out about you can really be your most wonderful strength. And I love to hear people that turn that around like that. Totally. Yeah. Yes. So any thank yous, any gratitude? We just have gratitude for our listeners, obviously. Thank you guys so much for listening. We didn't do any of our... um Listener love. Oh, we didn't do listener love this time. Um, we'll we get you next time. <laughs> <laughs> we love That's what I was trying you. to say. We love you, love and you. we there's, don't have anything to give away right there's now. There's <laughs> no contest winners this time. Ayanna got a little ambitious, and she put out like, hey, what's your favorite book? And then now she feels like she has to read every single book before she can. Well, people responded. It was so great. The response was so great, but I like honestly haven't had time to like look through all the yeah. so I'm going to do it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so if you want to find us on the social medias, we are on anchor.fm slash fitfatchat, and it's spelled F-I-T-P-H-A-T-C-H-A-T. We are definitely on Facebook, same name, same spelling. We're on Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. That's like really us and key. subscribe. And then tell people that you did because we're so awesome. And yeah, then share. maybe add why you love yourself yes. and your body. Yeah, absolutely. We want to lead by example and we want to lead by love. That's, that's yeah, we lead not ooby dooby, but just do it for real. Like re- love is not like fluffy and beautiful. And that's not all it's about. It's about some real fierce toughness, and it's not easy to remain in love. So know that you are a fierce unicornish creature if you do so. You're a fucking rhino. You're a fucking rhino. <laughs> With a horn. With a... <laughs> the big one, not the skinny one. <laughs> not the skinny unicorn. Oh... So we love you listeners. We are sending you peace, love, and light. Live fit, fat, and free. Free. Bitches. Bitches. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wrap. And we're going to have a really good blooper reel. (laughs) No, I don't hear. Yeah, I'm starting to hear some stuff. Can you hear anything now? Because really? For reals? For reals. I don't hear anything. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. You hear me? I don't hear anything. Oh, because now do you hear anything? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's the volume. So we're talking about booty, 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 bada? (laughs) (laughs) We're starting off good. We're starting off good. Booty, body. Booty, body. Is it on me? Part of it to get my job, my memory. Oh. Here, right there, right there, right there. Oh. Does it mute or anything? Hello. Can you hear anything? I can hear everything. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just doing a practice. Practice, practice, practice. Are you sure? What is I can hear everything. What's the green ear? I don't know. Yo, yo, yo. I found a lot of teachers did not know how to work with people of size. They just didn't know. Just keep on trying. Keep trying. You could be real. You'd be like, I'm terrible. (laughs) (laughs) How you started the booty body stuff? Booty, you know what I'm saying?
<laughs> Bo- booty body. Oh my god, I've said Boot it like so many times this morning. Oh, I've heard them all. Yeah, all right, I'm the sure. Booty body, the booty call body. <laughs> oh, we got to bring that up. <laughs> I love the booty call body. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Then the music starts. Like, I'm really good at editing. Just saying. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So not so much a story, but just uh, thinking about, um, you know, like we never have, we don't have like, we've sort of. <laughs> I always have to chase around what I'm going to say before I actually chase around. Say it, I like it. Anyway. Keep that. I love chasing mm-hmm. around. Chasing Chase around. around. So I guess some, <laughs> some transition music is going to be happening here. Yeah. So anyway, we hope you enjoy this vi- um, video, this um, interview. interview. About a butter knife and falling story. downstairs. And Ying, Ying, is it called Ying? Because, uh, yeah, do that. Because, <laughs> yeah, just do that. And then we say, what do we say? <laughs> Holy blooper reel. That was fun. Da, da, da.